Alright, what's going on everybody? How you all doing? Welcome to, I believe this is episode 6 of the, uh, the Movies Anytime podcast. I'm starting to lose track, which is probably a bad sign that um, my memory is probably going to shit. But um, I do want to go ahead and uh, just get like right into this bitch. I want to get right into it because I have a lot of shit that I want to talk about. Um, I believe I even said last week that we that I had a lot of things that I wanted to talk about. We may be kind of breaching that uh, that hour mark. Um, I don't know why I almost lost my train of thought there, but we almost be. Uh... Also, if you hear a slight hum or whatever in the background or some weird noises, I apologize. There's a a fan on. It kind of needs to be on, unfortunately, but um, it's in should be kind of in another room, so we should be all right. But uh, Last week, I believe I said that we may be kind of getting real close to that hour mark for the podcast just because I had a few things I wanted to talk about. Um, I got quite a few more things that I want to talk about. Some of them I don't have too much to say, honestly, so that may help. Um, but uh, the list of things that I have in this on this notepad in front of me is definitely much longer this time around so we're gonna go ahead, go ahead and just jump into our trailer segment i'm gonna be talking about some trailers that i saw uh this week that i just kind of want to talk about um because i have e you know either a, just a couple opinions on them or <clears throat> um quite a few opinions on them so let's go ahead and talk about uh the first one um the Green Eggs and Ham Netflix trailer, because um, they're releasing a series called Green Eggs and Ham based off of Dr. Seuss, um, and it's going to be a Netflix series, and I believe it's actually going to be like a series with like seasons and shit, um, and I just, I find it interesting. Um, the trailer actually wasn't even all that, wasn't even all that bad. It kind of touched on, um, like it almost, the way it was animated, it looked like it was, you know, like a early morning kids cartoon and it definitely looks like kids can watch this no problem um but it also seemed like there was um quite a like it touches on some subjects um that are you know kind of important you know kind of how um i believe it's like the lorax is that what it's called you know kind of has to deal with like environmentalism and stuff like that um it seems like this show is also going to have those sort of themes um but uh, this is this is kind of one of those ones that I don't really have a whole lot to say on, just because it just kind of looked all right from a show perspective. Um, it, it seems like they're stretching the limits um, <clears throat> that they can. Uh, I don't know why my throat's bothering me today, but it seems like they're kind of stretching the limits of what they can do with with this, because it's like. Uh, most of the shit that happened in this trailer probably had nothing to do with uh, Dr. Seuss or any material that he had written. Granted, I'm not an expert on Dr. Seuss and his material or whatever, but um, it just seems like they took Green Eggs and Ham, the very loose concept by itself, and just formed a, a TV show around it. And by all intents and purposes, I mean, it looked alright. It, it seemed animated competently. Um, the voice acting seemed competent. Uh, some of the you know, topics that they kind of showed in the trailer seemed, uh, you know, fine. Um, but it doesn't seem like, it seems like ever since Dr. Seuss died, they've been kind of just raping his, um, material, um, and just trying to get anything and everything they could 
from his catalog and just make something on it, whether it's a, a movie or a t TV show or whatever. Um, but I mean, for the most part, it looked all right. I don't think it's going to be something that I'm particularly going to watch unless for whatever reason I hear like fantastic things about it and it just blows uh, everybody's minds or whatever. Um, but other than that, I don't think I'm really going to watch it, but I mean, for all intents and, for all intents and purposes, it seemed like everything they were doing with this seemed fine. Like there, there was nothing in this trailer that really offended me, um, or got on my nerves. It just seemed like, um, it really did seem kind of like, as I was watching the trailer, it did really feel like an early morning kids cartoon, um, and you know, to a certain extent, that's fine. You don't you don't really need anything more than that, I guess. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about is uh, a lot of people know the the shit that Blizzard, Activision Blizzard pulled um, with the whole you know the banning of these Hearthstone players and um, stuff like that because all this shit going down in China. And you know all these companies have to do their best to appease China because China is a is a huge market in the entertainment industry, whether it be video games or movies. Now, um, you know, so Blizzard did all that shit, and they had Blizzard or BlizzCon came up, and uh, it seems like they were able to uh, announce just enough things to kind of get people to forget all the bullshit they pulled with that. Um, one of those things being Diablo Four, which they released. Um, a kind of a, a couple trailers on, like, they showed a little bit of gameplay, there was a cinematic trailer, like a story type thing, and, um, and I'll be honest, I'm not, like, a huge, uh, Diablo fan, I don't really play the games all that much, um, but I did watch the trailer for it, I watched all the trailers that they released, and for the most part, um, you know, it, it looks like an improvement. It looks like what it should look like. It looks like a the next installment in Diablo. Um, I do some things that I do want to point out, though, is that um, the it are the things that I think they improved, such as like the graphics um, are not just because it's Diablo. You know, the graphics, of course, are going to be an improvement from entry to entry. But um, you know, just the type of game that it is, this kind of like top down style looking game like the graphics can only be so good but where if you look at like Diablo 2 and then you look at Diablo 3 there's quite a bit of difference between the two not just because you know technology changes and stuff like that but they also went like an entirely different route the graphics style is different it looks a little bit more cartoony in a way and while it is still kind of dark you know it has that dark imagery and stuff like that it looks a little bit more cartoony um, and the game itself is pretty bright and colorful, like, even in the bleak areas, like, there's still a good amount of color in Diablo 3, like, that it, it can be a pretty colorful game, you know, especially, you know, using any hue of red, um, but, like, the game's pretty damn colorful and, you know, does look nice, um, but I really have to give them credit with the way they chose to do Diablo 4 because it kind of looked like a, um... It more so looked, it more so reminded me of Diablo 2 than Diablo 3 graphically. Um, in that, like, imagine, like, Diablo 3, but looking a little bit more realistic, um, not as cartoony, and it didn't look as colorful as Diablo 3, but the colors seemed, uh, 
more realistic for the environments. Like, there wasn't any, like... Like, I remember a lot of the levels that I played in Diablo 3, there was always, like, a purple or blue hue on the ground. Like, it just seemed like they added a whole bunch of, like, artificial colors to... It seems like they added colors to things that weren't supposed to have these colors just to give... Just to make the game interesting to look at, uh, in combination with the kind of cartoony graphic style, um, if that makes any sense. But, like, with Diablo 4, it looks like a step up from Diablo 3, like it's a more modern version, I mean, of Diablo 2, I'm sorry, looks like a more modern version of Diablo 2, um, it looks a little bit more realistic, and the colors are more realistic as well, and I think that, I think that works really well for Diablo, it kind of makes the game feel, it kind of gives you that more gritty, just a dire feel that um I would think even from my limited experience in the Diablo games that I think a Diablo game should have um and I really just I really liked the way that it looked um it looked just really really crisp um just that realistic kind of touch to it along with the uh, the more accurate colors um seemed just really really nice uh, I also want to say that they kind of did the natural progression um, in terms of gameplay, where you do still kind of have that base gameplay that you know Diablo 4, but it seems like the environment itself uh, plays a little bit more of a role uh, in the overall gameplay, because you see portions in the trailer where you're playing as, like, a guy that's, um... I think he, like, transformed into a wolf or something like that, I believe is what it was, but, like, he transformed into some creature, but he also had, like, a leaping attack. Um, but as he did his leaping attack, like, he went over the side of, like, a cliff and went down the mountain. Um, he went to, like, another level of the mountain, um, or there was another level and he jumped past it. I can't exactly remember what he did, but, like, he jumped off the cliff of a mountain and he went to, like, a whole new part of the level. And, uh, I thought that was really cool. Um, it's not anything, like, groundbreaking or anything like that, but it is definitely just, like, a natural, a really good, just natural progression a new step in the gameplay something to add a little bit more depth to you know this gameplay that you're pretty much used to um and that you know just given the type of game that diablo is with this top-down style um there's not really a whole lot of innovation with the gameplay that you can do because you're kind of limited to your you know to the dimensions that you can move in so um it was kind of nice to see them add that and i really i really liked that um I am a little bit uh, curious to see, like, how they're going to uh, change things in terms of, like, just the the game mechanics, the UI, stuff like that. But uh, for the most part, just those those two things alone um, are reason to at least be excited for Diablo 4, no matter what you feel about Blizzard and whatnot. Um, that is something to, uh, I think, be excited for. Um, they also did announce Overwatch 2 which I was severely disappointed in, um, in the trailers and stuff that they showed for that, because getting past this lore and this world that they're trying to build, uh, just as a video game, what they showed for quote-unquote Overwatch 2 um, was really disappointing. There was, like, 
it the trailer I don't know if Overwatch 2 is going to be more meaty than what the trailer showed because the trailer just made it look like and I'm pretty sure a lot of people have made this joke already it just kind of looked like Overwatch 1.5 it um it didn't look like anything was really being added like you're getting maybe a couple characters uh, some game modes, and it seemed like to me, and I'm not a huge Overwatch player either, but it seemed like a lot of the maps that they showed were maps that are, that are already in Overwatch. Like, they all looked familiar to me. Um, but like I said, I'm not a huge Overwatch player, so I don't know that for a fact, but it just looked like Overwatch 1.5. They adding some game modes, uh, and even in a an instance, it looked like they were just editing a game mode um, by adding, like, a fucking robot to it or something like that. Um, but, like, that pushes the payload, but it just looked... There was nothing about it that looked like Overwatch 2 to me. Like, there was nothing... There was really nothing new in that... In the stuff that they released to me. There was nothing about it looked new that warranted being Overwatch 2, um, and it doesn't really, I guess I just don't understand them making an Overwatch 2, just because it's kind of like, because I think they also announced the, the next World of Warcraft expansion as well, which I don't have that on my list, because I don't really do anything, or know much of anything about World of Warcraft, but, um, it's like, I don't, it seemed like Overwatch just worked fine as a game that you gradually add on to I don't see the purpose or the real reason to make a two especially when your two just seems to be content that could have been added to one and didn't justify a whole new product that they're probably it's probably just going to be overwatch one with uh probably like a a mega patch you know like what they did with no man's sky it's probably gonna be like a, a mega patch with just some new game modes or whatever, um, them labeling it as a new game so they can charge you full price 60 bucks for it, um, is, is kind of what it feels like at this moment, and it's kind of depressing to me, um, it just looked unimpressive, and I could not, I, I could not care less about Overwatch 2, and every time I've said that, I've put quotes around it, um, but moving on from that, there was a little teaser we got for a show that um, is going to be called Hunters, which I believe is, I think it was coming to Amazon, I believe. Um, I believe Jordan Peele is producing it. Uh, it's going to have Al Pacino, and I guess it's about like him hunting Nazis or something like that. Like It was a real quick teaser. Um, it's just one that I kind of want to put out there so you guys can keep an eye out for it because it uh, did seem uh, pretty interesting just from the little teaser we got. Um, but I'm all for like Al Pacino, you know, fucking up Nazis and stuff like that. Um, plus Jordan Peele has been showing some, uh, good shit the last couple years. So, uh, I do definitely want to keep my eye on that. And if they, whenever they do release a full blown trailer, I will definitely be talking about that a little bit. Uh, the next one I want to talk about is The Banker, which uh, seems like a pretty funny movie with, um, oh shit, what's his name? Falcon. Um, is it Anthony Mackie and, uh, Samuel Jackson? is in the uh is in the movie as well and uh it's pretty much it's a time period movie um seemingly like uh 40s 50s maybe um you know very much still a racist time so you have these two black guys and they're trying to um seemingly like buy property or something like that 
um, and get like black people moved to white neighborhoods and stuff like that. And they're trying to own a, I think it was like they were trying to purchase a bank or own a bank or something like that. I can't remember, but, um, it seemed like an all right movie. It seemed like a nice period piece movie. Um, Samuel Jackson's being Samuel Jackson, which is awesome. Um, I never want anything more or less from him. Um, in terms of that, um, it seemed like it'd be an okay movie. Um, definitely a movie that was, that will probably string at the awards crowd maybe. Um, but it definitely just seemed like an all right movie. Um, if it's your kind of thing, I would check it out. Um, just seems like a nice period piece kind of diving into the, uh, the racial strains during that time and, uh, kind of just uses that setting to tell just kind of an interesting story. Um, but overall, I don't have too many thoughts on it. Um, it just looked like a pretty decent movie. Um, I don't remember if it was like a Netflix thing or not. Um, I should have wrote a little bit more detailed notes on that, but, uh, I definitely want to, I would definitely keep my eye on that one. Cause it may be one that I just want to pop on and watch, uh, especially depending on the runtime. If it's a little bit shorter, I'll probably just watch it because I can, can knock it out pretty easily. Uh, next thing I want to talk about is this interesting, um, a Christmas Carol, um, series coming out. I don't know if it's like a mini series or if it's like a full on season, like they're going to try to do multiple seasons. I don't know. Um, but it's uh, a Christmas Carol. It's going to have Tom Hardy. Um, Tom Hardy's apparently in it, although I did not see him in the trailer slash teaser that they released. Um, I didn't see him in it at all. Um, so I don't know if he's in some sort of like producing role or anything like that, but Andy Serkis is in it as well. And I believe the other guy was Guy Pierce, I believe. Um, it looked really good. I just, I don't even think the trailer really showed a whole hell of a lot. Um, I think it was more of a teaser. Um, however, it, it looked pretty damn good like it looked like a more gritty dark telling of the story um and i thought it was awesome like andy circus did most of the talking in the trailer um and he just looked awesome i love andy circus on camera um mocap or not like um i think he's excellent no matter what um i love andy circus and he was excellent in the trailer um the only thing is like guy i think it's guy pierce just looks a little weird he looks a little weird to me. He don't look right. He doesn't look like a human being should look. Um, I think it has something to do with the hair. Just looks a little off to me, but looks like a darker kind of telling of the story. And uh, I'm 100% okay with that. Um, hopefully there's enough like changes to it to make it worth seeing. Because I mean, at this point in my life and, and they've done, you know, a Christmas Carol so many times, um, they've done so many different versions of it that it's, you, you start to feel like you've seen the same story multiple, multiple times. Um, but hopefully this one stands out a little bit. It seems like it's going to be a little bit darker, uh, going to be a little bit more gritty, stuff like that. Um, and plus, fucking Tom Hardy and Andy Serkis, I'm all in, son. Um, of course I want to see that shit, but um, super excited for that. I'm going to be keeping my eye out for that one. Uh, real quick, I do want to mention that WellGo USA, that fantastic company that I fucking love, uh, releasing some great foreign movies uh, here in the States. Um, they just released a teaser trailer not too long ago for Ip Man 4, um, and it's apparently going to be in uh, some theaters here in the U.S. in December. Um, if you've not seen any of the Ip Man movies, um, just 
in general it man movies um i would highly recommend you watch them because it man is such an interesting character it is um bruce lee's master um if you don't know who it man is he is the person who trained and mentored bruce lee and um just such an interesting character but like all the movies i've not seen a bad it man movie and there's not like a uh, you know, there's not like a fuck ton of them, but there is a good handful of them, and man, they are all fucking excellent movies. Um, and um, specifically the Ip Man movies, Ip Man, um, Ip Man Two, Three, uh, Master Z, the Final Fight, um, and Ip Man. Uh, of course, I can't say Ip Man Four for sure, but um, Ip Man Four, but Ip Man One, Two, Three, and Four, uh, Master Z is in between, is after Three but before Four. Um, it doesn't have Donnie Yen in it, um, but it's in the same. It uses characters from Ip Man 3, and they made a Master Z um, side movie, kind of. Um, but Ip Man 1, 2, 3, and 4 all contain Donnie Yen playing Ip Man. And um, obviously I haven't seen 4 yet, but 1, 2, and 3 are fucking phenomenal movies. I Anytime um, I get on the... I'm talking to anybody about movies, and we get on the, the topic of you know, kung fu movies or just, like, foreign movies in general, I always have to bring up the Ip Man movies because they are excellent, and I love Donnie Yen. I love anything and fucking anything that he's in because uh, I think he's fantastic. Um, but the Ip Man movies are great. Some of the best kung fu and action you will ever see in a in a movie ever. Uh, they're just... It's fantastic. And each movie just, you know, like... In terms of the action, just ups the ante every freaking time the the stories kind of vary throughout the movies a little bit um like it definitely like the first it man movie has the most solid um you know kind of heart pulling story um out of all of them um and then the story as they go on kind of get a little bit like the stack the stakes seem to be less you know but um Still, I mean, overall, just even with that, like, great stories, great action, great acting. The characters are fantastic. Please watch the Ip Man movies. They are great. If you love and if you love action movies in general, um, watch these movies. I mean, they are just fucking fantastic. Some of my favorite movies ever made. Um, I love them so much. And I'm super excited to see Ip Man 4. Um, Hopefully we'll get like a full trailer here soon because I don't really know a whole lot about the movie, to be honest. Um, I know Scott Adkins is in it, um, which I haven't seen him in anything in a while. I know he's still been acting, but like I just don't haven't really watched any of the movies that he's been in. The last movies that I saw that he was in were uh, those two ninja movies, um, which the first one was okay. The second one was utter garbage, but... Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm interested to see how that goes. Um, we got another trailer. I believe this is the first trailer. I don't think the first, the other one we got was a teaser trailer, but we did get another trailer for Bad Boys for Life. Um, I don't think I got the opportunity to talk about it in a podcast before, I don't think. Um, but we got another trailer for it, and uh, it looks good. It, it looks like a, just a good... just looks like an alright movie. Um because the first two movies are good, I enjoy them. I think the, uh, I think it's one of those rare occasions where I think the sequel is better than the original. Um, but this movie looks good. It looks all right. It looks like the action is, you know, is there. It looks like it's 
upped quite a bit from the other movies, but you know, it is there. The movie does look, uh, does look good. And you know, that some of the jokes landed, some of the jokes didn't just like the originals and, uh, it seemed like Will Smith and, uh, Oh fuck. What's his name? Martin Lawrence. Um, are their characters again. Like it seemed like they slipped into those characters shoes. Uh, no problem. Like it just seemed like they were, um, it seemed like they were ready to do this movie at any, at any point. And, uh, it seems like it's working. Um, I'm excited to see it. It's, um, you know, I don't think bad boys one and two are like some high cinema best movies of all time sort of films. But, um, I, I do like to sit down and watch those every once in a while. They are they are fun fucking movies to watch. It's not really guilty pleasure because I do think those movies are legitimately pretty good, but um, I do just like to sit down and watch them every once in a while, more than I really probably should. Maybe that's kind of where the guilty pleasure comes in because I'm, I watch those movies maybe more than I really should, but man, they are just fun fucking movies, but super excited to watch that. Um, it just looks like a fun time. The next one I want to talk about is actually one I saw just last night. Um, I was actually kind of surprised they dropped a trailer for it already. It's this new M night Shyamalan Apple TV plus series, uh, called servant. We finally got a trailer for it and I'll have to fucking give it to him, man. Like it fucking freaked me out when I saw, like when I, when I was watching the trailer and it didn't freak me out in like the, the the typical sense it freaked me out in a way of like I was not expecting that and the thing that I wasn't expecting was kind of creepy um and it still kind of weirds me out a little bit just like um if you haven't seen the trailer go watch the trailer but like when you find out that the baby isn't real like when he just picked up the baby by the leg and was just kind of like, and I was like, what the fuck is going on here? And then you see that the baby isn't real, but God damn, does it look like fucking real? You know, the hair looks a little odd when the chick is carrying it. And, um, you see the back of its head, the hair kind of looks a little odd. Maybe that's what babies look like. I don't spend a lot of time looking at babies. Like I've never, never in my life have I had to really be around like babies so much. Even my girlfriend's niece, she's like four, almost five at this point. So she's, you know, like t getting tall and has a full head of hair and shit. Um, and none of my cousins have like kids that I'm around frequently or anything. So like I never see kids. So maybe that's what the back of a baby's head looks like. But, um, <laughs> but it just, it kind of looked a little weird to me. Um, uh, but the, the trailer for this show looked weird, man. It, it looked really weird. Um, but it looked good. Like it, I felt just, uneasy watching that trailer it's like the the tone at the very least is there uh, at least for the trailer anyway um if they keep that tone throughout the series um i imagine it's going to be a pretty great fucking series um i'm definitely interested in seeing it it, it looked really interesting um it seemed like it seems like m night Shyamalan is doing some very interesting work with it um although if it is like a i believe it is like a series it's going to be you know episodes and whatnot um but i after watching the trailer i kind of felt like it would have fit more it would have fit easier into a movie format like i just don't really see how they're going to take that concept and turn it into a you know a whatever a 10 episode 
series or a 10 episode season. Um, and I sure as hell don't know what they could do with like future seasons, but like, I, it seemed like it was more fit for a movie format. I don't know how they're going to take that general story and, uh, stretch it out into so many episodes like i just don't know but then again i don't know a lot of details about about it i don't know if it is like a full-blown series i don't know if it's supposed to be like some sort of weird mini series um i really don't know i don't know that much about it um but i really like the teaser man the teaser was really good the acting was great um i only recognized one of the actors but uh from all the actors in the trailer, the acting was fine. The tone was great. The use of kind of the music and the sound effects for the trailer were great as well. So hopefully that tone is carried on into the TV series. And I, um, it, it seems like it'll be another good kind of notch into uh, M. Night Shyamalan kind of bringing back his uh, career a little bit. Um, he's been doing good stuff. I, Even though I know a lot of people have opinions about Glass, I think that movie is fantastic. Uh, and I, I loved it. So I'm really glad uh, that is a movie. I'm really glad I, I saw in theaters, to be honest. Um, it was pretty, pretty great. I thought, but either way, super excited for that. Go check out that trailer. Um, that's pretty much all the trailers that I had to talk about. We got that fuck man, like 30 minutes just to talk about all that stuff. Um, I do only have one pickup for this week. Um, as I've been moving, or I'm getting ready to move and stuff like that because we're fucking getting kicked out of the house. But as we've been getting ready to move and stuff like that, I've just haven't been getting as much stuff. There's a lot of stuff to concentrate on. But I did manage to uh, pick up uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark on Blu-ray uh, just because I had an interest to see that movie. And I just had like a really just an interest in seeing a movie that was a little bit um, darker because it, and it had been a little bit since I've seen like a movie it's been a few weeks I think maybe a little bit longer since I actually you know got like a movie and sat down and watched a movie because I haven't been able to make my way to the theater to watch anything that's come out recently like Zombieland or anything like that um, I just haven't had the time just too much going on but um, it had been a while since I sat down to watch an actual movie it's been a lot of anime and stuff recently and uh I wanted to watch that, um, and I did watch that. We're going to get that. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that into the uh, the review section because I did watch that, but that was also uh, a pickup for this week as well, so I did want to go ahead and mention that. Uh, that was my only pickup, and the only thing I really want to talk about that's music-related is uh, Breaking Benjamin, uh, my personal favorite band on the planet, is uh, they did announce that their acoustic album is coming out in January 2020, um, and they did, of course, release a track... Um, to kind of promote the announce of the announcement of the acoustic record. Um, and it was the acoustic version of So Cold, uh, which they're calling this um, new album uh, Aurora. And so all these tracks that are going to be on this album are called the Aurora version instead of acoustic version. And I think that's fair. I think that fits to do because if you listen to So Cold, it's not just a... It's not just an acoustic version. Like, um, they do change the, the instrumentation to acoustic, but when you listen to the Aurora version of So Cold, there's other instrumentation in there. So they didn't just take the song and make an acoustic version of it. They actually reworked the song, um, and they did um, they added some other instrumentation into it. 
so like um and i think i think it's they did a fantastic job of it. Usually I'm not a big fan of like acoustic versions of songs and stuff like that. I tend to skip over them. Um, but you know, this is breaking Benjamin. I had to hear it. Um, but this version of the song is fucking excellent. Uh, I really love what they did, what they did. Uh, the performances are great. Um, I'm still a little bit worried when the album comes out because I know there's some, uh, some features on the record, uh, like Lacey Strum, Sturm, uh, he used to be the vocalist for Flyleaf, and then um, the original singer for Three Days Grace, Adam something, um, he is on it as well. Um, and there's a few other like guest vocalists on the record. And I don't think that really works so much for rock songs. Um, but you know, we'll we'll see how it goes. But uh, I think um, if you listen to So Cold, what is great is it's. Like I said, it's not just an acoustic version. They've kind of reworked the song a little bit and added some other sounds and instrumentation. Like there are parts in the song that sound like they like they added some sounds from like wood style instruments. Kind of like um maybe like a bass clarinet or something like that. Just you know, these sounds they add to the background to help with the just this the overall atmosphere of the track. Um and they did a fantastic job with it um i think it's fantastic i think it's beautiful um especially since like the that song so cold just in general holds up so well for a track that i believe came out in 2004 is when that album came out um but like such a beautiful song holds up so well the lyrics are fantastic um and the performance uh for big uh benjamin burnley on this track he, he still fucking got it man he's his voice is just has held up so well throughout the years. Um, fantastic. Fantastic, fantastic track, fantastic vocalist, fantastic everything. The song is fantastic. Uh, next we're going to go ahead and uh, get into the reviews. Uh, some stuff that I want to talk about, some stuff that I watched. There's actually quite a few on here that I want to talk about. Um, and I could probably just, you know, talk about another hour just about these because, you know, I do have thoughts, but, um, I'm trying to get through these uh, a little bit quicker because I got to go to bed. I got to work tonight. And, uh, you know, I just kind of leaving this at the, the recording of this particular podcast just kind of at the last minute just because I just have had so much going on. It's been a it's been a little bit of a hassle. Um, but let's go ahead and talk about some reviews. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about is I did watch part one, the first 12 episodes of uh, Tokyo Ghoul Re. Uh, I believe I've expressed my love for Tokyo Ghoul on uh, this on this podcast before. Um, I fucking love Tokyo Ghoul. I think it's some of the, I think, it, especially in terms of the manga, I think it's some of the best material that's ever been put to paper. Um, I just, I love the story. I love the themes. I love the settings. I love the characters. Uh, especially Tokyo Ghoul Re, man, the fucking characters, just the way they grow, um, is fantastic. And I love it so much. And just seeing the first time that, uh, Kaneki, who is at this point, uh, Sasaki, uh, Heisei, I believe his name, Heisei, Heisei, um, is when he sees Toka, man, I just got like so giddy in my chair and I was kind of like bouncing up and down just because, you know, those two together, um, just kind of gets me so excited and brings like that one singular tear to roll down my face. Um, and I love, 
this this season or this the these twelve episodes for part one of Tokyo Ghoul Re were fantastic, man. Um, just seeing this world again and these characters and just the beautiful like um, dark imagery, you know, the just the idea of the ghouls and the, the you know their their masks, the way they fight their different powers. Um, just a really cool concept, um, and I'm sure at this point a lot of you, if you watch anime, you know what Tokyo Ghoul is, you're familiar with it, so I don't need to say too much about Tokyo Ghoul, but um, I just love being in this world again and seeing them animated moving, and it's fantastic, and then just seeing this progression of Sasaki um, just just like his progress, his, him going from that and just regressing back into Kaneki and then at the end of the uh a little bit of spoilers here because it's been out for a while um at this point but like just at the end of these you know this this first part the first 12 episodes like Kaneki is fucking back man he is back and he's fucking he's like brutal but he's still kind of kind at the same time but like just seeing him back being a fucking boss was just uh was just amazing and seeing the one-eyed owl was and seeing that kind of like confrontation was just oh man i loved it i loved it so much great just the, the the these first 12 episodes are great and now that uh my nose itches today i don't know what the fuck's going on um but seeing kaneki come back at the end just gets me just so fucking pumped to watch the second part and I can't wait to do that. Um, but there's a, you know, some other stuff I wanted to watch in between, just kind of savor it and just kind of sit on it and think about it. Um, but man, it was so good. I love me some Tokyo ghoul. Just, just like aesthetically, aesthetically and visually in terms of just like, um, you know, the, the setting of the show, the idea of the ghouls and the masks and their powers, like, aesthetically and visually just Tokyo Ghoul does something for me that almost nothing else does like Tokyo Ghoul hits that that dark part of me that I that needs to be fulfilled sometimes and it's just great and just the characters are some of the greatest characters um especially from a written standpoint that I just love especially you know Kaneki and Toka um, and the different ghoul factions and stuff like that, like, it's just so well, uh, written, um, and just, oh man, it's great, and it's so brutal at times, but it earns its, it, it earns its brutality, and it's not doing it just for any shock factor or anything like that, it's just, it earns everything it does, and I love, I love Tokyo Ghoul so much, um, fuck, it was good. Um, but we're going to go and move on. We're going to go and talk about Reborn. I know I touched on Reborn uh, in the first couple episodes of the podcast, telling you guys that I was watching it and kind of gave some updates when I felt like I needed to. Um, I believe the last time I gave an update on Reborn was when I got first, like, the when I got past the first, like, real conflict of the anime, which I believe was in the, like, the late 20s, early 30s episodes mark. Um, and now I'm past... Uh, I'm on uh, episode 102. I'm on the second set, um, at least here in America. Discotech Media released the whole series of Reborn on two Blu-ray sets, each containing 101 episodes. Uh, and I finished the first set. So I've seen the first 101 episodes. Um, and up to this point, um, 
I have to say, I like Reborn quite a bit. I don't know if I would have been able to watch it like when it was airing week to week because there are a lot of episodes um, and a lot of things in like those episodes that I just don't really care to see. Um, once the anime becomes focused on like the mafia stuff and it's, it's base story is when the anime gets really interesting, um, to me. Um, so like trying to figure out where I want to start because I have quite a, like quite a large span of stuff that I need to talk about in the anime. So like. The Battle for the Rings, that stuff, I thought I thought that whole section was pretty cool. Um, I did like it quite a bit. Um, I thought the whole progression of that was really cool, too. I like that, you know, they had the, uh, you know, each person, like the, the two holders of the lightning ring would fight each other and whatnot um, gradually until you got to the, the leaders or whatever. And they had a twist in there to kind of change it up a little bit, yada, 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 but... Um, like, I thought that portion was done really well. You know, the fights were... The fights weren't anything, like, fantastic or anything like that, but the fights were concentrated on the characters and them pushing forward. Um, and even if they have to lose that particular fight, it's still a win for them. Um, and I kind of appreciate that aspect of, of it as well because um, Suna is not so concerned with the rings or the mafia stuff. He's just concerned about getting through it with his friends all in one piece so they can move on. And I do like that. And especially from, from that point on, especially, which I believe that point, the battle for like the, all the rings and stuff like that was, um, Oh, I think that was probably like in the sixties episode range or something like that. Um, but like the, the growth of Suna throughout the series so far to, up to episode 101, um, has been fantastic, especially now the part that I'm in where they go into the, uh, where they get 10 years in the future. And it's not exactly 10 years. I think it's like nine years and some odd months or something like that. Um, it's, uh, it's amazing the growth of Suna as a character. Um, and especially I like how kind of, uh, serious he's being now. Uh, cause when he has his powers, I think his powers are fucking dope. Um, and what they're doing uh, with his powers, training him, how he's using his powers, um, and even just the, uh, like, um, kind of that one portion, um, where the, the powers were, like, finally passed down to him from all the previous, what are they, called? Von Gola bosses or whatever, I believe is what the family name is, um, I thought was, you know, it was a really cool moment, and, you know, we've been seeing him, like, in this arc so far, just with him going into the future, we've been able to see him use his powers quite a bit. That's really when the show shines, is just because when he uses his powers and he gets all just kind of kind of uh, straight-faced and, uh, like, serious, but kind of in, like, a plain, cool, calm, collected way, um, the, the show really shines to me. Um, and I've been enjoying it a lot. The action has also definitely gotten quite a bit better. Um, even the progression of the other characters as well in terms of their powers has been um, pretty good as well. Um, that being said, I do have some problems with the anime um, that are just... It's annoying because the 
the highs of the show are so high while the lows of the show aren't super low it's just that they're consistent um so like it kind of bothers me that um even at this point um once suna gets his, like the powers handed down to him it's kind of they don't really show him activate his power like activate his powers too much it's more so like his power when you see him um his powers are either activated off screen or they're already activated but um it seems like I don't like the fact that he needs outside assistance to use his powers or like just to activate his powers. Like in the beginning of the show, it's um, him getting shot by the death shot um, from reborn. And then a little bit later on, he's taken those, uh, the, the, the pills or whatever those, I mean, I hesitate to call them pills cause they looked about the size of a fucking uh, jawbreaker, but <laughs> Um, like they were not, it, it kind of bothers me and I couldn't exactly tell you why, just why he can't activate his own powers. Cause when he's using his powers, he looks so badass. I love the look he gets on his face, the stoic kind of serious look. I love the way his powers work. I love the way his powers have evolved. Um, but it kind of takes away from the badassness of his character just a little bit when you realize the fact that fuck, he can't activate his powers on his own. He can't activate his powers without some help from somebody else. And that doesn't, that doesn't make him seem all that cool. And it just kind of, it kind of bugs me from time to time. But once you see him moving with his powers and actually fighting and stuff like that, you kind of forget about it and you kind of forgive the show for it. But, um, yeah. But there's, um, like another problem with this show that I have that isn't happening at this point that I'm in because we're in a major kind of, uh, you know, story point in the, in the overall storyline, but, uh, or in this arc, but, um, like the kind of the filler episodes when he got shot by reborn, then, um, he went into the whatever mode, um, and his clothes ripped off and he was left in his boxers. Like that shit ran old really quick. Um, after the first batch of episodes leading to like the first major conflict of the show, like I was kind of over that. I don't think it was, um, it was, it just got annoying and you kind of lose me in some episodes where it's like, like, I can understand like if it happened and you know, he has to fight for his life. Uh, cause when he gets shot, he says, I'm going to do this. Like my life depends on it. But some of the later episodes you get, especially after the, I think it was after the battle, the, the rings or whatever, he had some filler episodes where they started doing that stuff again. Um, it was like, um, they were doing it over stupid things and it loses the believability of it. So like, um, trying to think of an episode, um, so like there was an episode that is already unbelievable from the start because this teacher is trying to expel them for a, a stupid reason like an unbelievable reason so the the episode is already unbelievable but they're trying to find a like a time capsule and if they find it in time they won't get expelled um and he gets shot by reborn and he says i'm gonna find this time capsule something along the lines of i'm gonna find this time capsule like my life depends on it and it's like that's for one you're already looking for this time capsule for a stupid reason and now you're now you're just saying something that's stupid and unbelievable um 
and it just it takes me out of the episode like everything what he's doing he's doing it for like a stupid reason and what he is literally saying is kind of stupid so it it kind of takes me out of the moment and loses me quickly so i i'm really over the filler stuff in this show where he's just getting shot and has to s solve this itsy bitsy problem um and then he gets stripped in his underwear and he says he's going to do this uh he's going to do something life like his life depends on it but it's a menial fucking task that he has to do like his life depends on it um a little bit frustrating and then like once they're in the future and they're kind of training a little bit um like and i understand like you know uh hibari i believe his name is i understand future hibari training suna i understand reborn training um baseball guy i can't remember his name um but like bianchi training um gray-haired dude who's again i'm terrible with names it takes me a while but like bianchi training her brother like that's not believable especially when just like a few episodes beforehand she got her fucking ass handed to her and she's been like pretty useless throughout the series up to this point like what business does she have training this guy and it you know turns out that you know she doesn't really train him it, it seems like he is better off trying to uh solve this mystery that um his future self left um and you know it seems like he does better training when he you know approaches it from a, a mind aspect first like trying to study it so she doesn't really at this point from where i'm at hasn't really hasn't really herself trained him in anything um but it's like what business does she fucking have teaching this dude anything because she's fucking worthless um but man, I, I still really like Reborn. The highs are just so high. The action is great. We're getting into a really just interesting storyline. I like what they're doing with this this whole future stuff. Um, what's happening to all these like uh, these you know uh, babies that are like Reborn and whatnot? Like what happened to them? Um, I'm still I don't feel like they're touching too much about this rival family too much. They kind of just glossed over it a little bit. Gave us the just the important details, but not really a. Uh, you know, filling in the gaps too much, but overall, I'm just really liking Reborn. I, I'm I'm really enjoying it. When it's serious, when it gets to the story, when it gets to the point, uh, the filler stuff is kind of unfucking bearable, though. Um, man, I only got like ten minutes left. Um, real quick, I did watch uh, Disenchantment Part Two. I'm a little bit late on it. Uh, this came out a little bit earlier, I believe, in October. Maybe I can't remember. Maybe it was September. Um, but Disenchantment, uh, from the guy that created, uh, The Simpsons of Futurama, Matt Groening, uh, I believe his name is, uh, I watched part one last year, around the time it first dropped on Netflix, and I really liked it, man. Like, I've said before that I'm not a huge fan of just, like, your typical fantasy stuff, but just the way they managed to do it and just kind of make fun of just the fantasy theme in general in Disenchantment is... Uh, fucking hilarious and I love the way that they kind of expanded it uh in the second part they didn't expand it like a whole lot but like you under you understand that there's other kingdoms like you get to see another king from a kingdom um and you also get to go to another kingdom that's like a steampunk kingdom um I think it's literally called Steamland. um and it was just so cool looking like just the fact that you get to, they kind of expanded upon the world a little bit more. It's not just stuck in this kind of fairy tale, magic-y world. It's like there's actually other, there is actual science in this world. There is machinery and stuff like that. Um, 
and they still manage to have like the episodes where it's just these random situations, but also the looming story in the background with uh, uh, Bean's mother is still there. And it shows up at the end of part two, so I'm super excited to get to the part three, or, or if they're considering that going to be season two or whatever. But um, I don't know. But it just it's. I really like Disenchantment. I can understand why a lot of people may not like it. Um, but again, like, I just think the comedy in this show is fantastic. It's all in the dialogue for the most part. It's like all in the dialogue. Um, just pay attention to what the characters say. And there's some funny shit there. It's not like, you know, somebody threw a pie or something, you know. Um, it's just, I really like it. Um, I really like the characters. I really like the way the characters interact with each other. Um, so casually, but, you know, just doing this funny shit. Um, I really liked it. Um, if anything about part two kind of trails off a little bit is in the overall, the overarching story with, uh, Bean's mom. It's focused like at the beginning of the, uh, in the series, like the first four episodes or so, four or five. Um, and then up till, you know, maybe about like episode five or six, um, to the end of this part two, um, it kind of forgets about it. And then in the last episode, it kind of reintroduces it and says like, remember this? We're, we're still worried about this. Don't worry. We'll get to that. Um, but there were a few episodes where they just kind of didn't do anything with that, like at all. So, um, that was a little bit weird. Um, but and could be like a slide against disenchantment to some people, I think. But um, I really liked just that, you know, you had some story stuff, the stuff that was kind of, you know, quote unquote serious for this show. Um, but like, I think it, I kind of liked having a few episodes of just downtime where these characters can just be these characters in their daily lives, just doing whatever. Um, but I highly recommend you guys watch it. I think it's fucking hilarious. I love the show a lot. I don't think... Um, I see a lot of people on Twitter saying that they really like it and stuff like that, but I've seen, uh, you know, a lot of um, reviews kind of uh, being, like, 50-50, you know, like, some people really like it, some people really don't like it, um, and I understand it may not jive with everybody, but, uh, man, I think it's fucking good. I really like it a lot. Uh, real quick, we're going to talk about Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Don't have a, lot, a whole lot to say on this one, because the movie is just kind of, uh, it's just kind of solid. It just kind of does everything okay. Um... And I don't really want to spoil too much, I guess. But, like, the movie isn't really scary or anything like that. It has an interesting concept. I know it's based on some books and stuff like that. But, um... Let's see. Um, you know, it just kind of kind of checks all the boxes. It kind of just does everything it needs to, and it does it relatively well. I think some of the parts, uh, including, like, some of the creatures from the stories or whatever... Uh, oh, as I hiccup are, uh, really good and really interesting. Uh, I love the way, like, some of the creatures look, especially the, um, if you've seen the movie, I'm not going to try and give any spoilers or anything, um, but, like, the, the red hallway or the red room stuff, um, and that, like, kind of fat lady, um, I thought she looked really cool, like, really weird. Kind of looked really Guillermo del Toro-esque. I know he's a producer on the movie, but, like, it really seemed like something out of a Guillermo del Toro movie. Um, like, that stuff was really cool. Like, all the monster stuff seemed really cool. Um, the last one, uh, with the jangly man, I believe is what he was. 
Um, seemed a little bit more CGI than the others, but he also kind of needed to be because he moved around a little bit more and his limbs literally turned and fell all over the place. But, um, the movie was just kind of all right. It kind of checked all the right boxes. It is a fun watch. It's under two hours, so it's not like it's a long watch or anything like that. Um, and all the acting was good. The movie had a really good flow. It didn't really do anything wrong. It just didn't really do anything to excel anything either in particular, but, uh, I'd recommend give it a watch. It was fun. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about is I literally just finished watching this this morning. I watched the whole series last night um, since I had to stay up all night to, you know, sleep during the day to go to work tonight. Um, that is Goblin Slayer, the anime, um, which is fucking fantastic. Fuck, man, I really like this anime. Um, I get really excited when it comes to anime. I'm going to put my notepad down because that's the last thing I'm talking about. But and I may have blown some people's ears off, but fuck, man. Goblin Slayer was so good. I was really excited to see it just because I'd seen some very short clips and some pictures and it looked awesome. Um, and I wanted to watch it, but like when I finished it, it blew my fucking mind just how much I liked it. It, it's a simple anime in a lot of regards, but like, fuck man, it's good. Uh, the animation is pretty like in terms of the art, um, in the animation, for the most part, it's pretty standard of what you would see nowadays. There are some episodes, like especially when they go into the sewers under Watertown, uh, where the animation is kind of boosted up at parts during the action. Um, and there's like select scenes where they do some cool like things with the color and some kind of effects on the screen or whatever um, that look really cool. Uh, the the animation, the art and animation throughout the whole series is pretty solid throughout, and they do some cool things here and there. Um, the story I think is really cool. Just, um, I love the way that all the characters kind of gather around this goblin slayer and I love the way they interact. Um, again, the episode underneath the, the water town, um, in the sewers, uh, where, when they're fighting the goblins is a really great episode, uh, in terms of like showing how these characters interact with each other and how they fight and just how smoothly they do it. Um, and the action is fantastic. And I love how at the end of the season, they, um, all the adventurers kind of band together to help the Goblin Slayer because his home is, um, is about to be attacked by just this large number of goblins led by, you know, like a, a goblin lord. Um, fuck, it was really good, man. I highly recommend you guys watch it. It's really excellent. Uh, please give it a watch. Um, it's like fantasy hunting goblins, but it's violent. There's some dark stuff in there. Um, but there's also some really lighthearted moments, some funny characters. I love how all the characters come together at the end. Um, it's just a nice, it's a dark and brooding, but it gives you hope, you know, and it's, um, it's a really nice, really great anime. I just, I fucking loved it a lot. But, uh, thank you all so much for tuning in for this, uh, episode of the podcast. I'm going to go and end this off really quick. We're pushing the limits of the hour. Again, like I said, I'd like to keep it under that hour just because I don't like it when podcasts linger on too long, but, um. Thank you all so much for um, tuning into this podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. Um, hopefully next week we will have uh, maybe not too many things to talk about, so I can kind of you know expand on some things a little bit more um, in case I didn't do that all too well in this podcast. But you guys can always let me know if you want me to um, elaborate on some things. But thank you all so much for tuning in on this podcast, and I will see you guys uh, hopefully next week. We'll have to see how it goes with the moving and stuff like that, but... Regardless, uh, thank you all so much for tuning in, and I'll see you guys next time.